SAFM. Prime time all day long. Okay, so we told you about a special guest, and uh, a special guest it is, the author of Running in Heels. It's a big exclusive story for you here on SAFM. And uh, what can I say? We're going to be FaceTiming with Zoe Skulls. Running in Heels. Now, from ICU, that's intensive care unit, to an ultra marathon. That's what she is. She's a ultra marathon runner now. Now, how do you go from being in ICU with a mystery illness to becoming an ultra marathon runner? I have no idea. But she started off as a CFO. So, yeah, she was happily married, living her dream, uh, you know, Pretty much box standard, you know, having a job, having a family, uh, like most of us carrying a little bit of weight around, you know, that spare tire that we're all nursing at the moment. So that's how it all began for a very, you know, lady who's just like us going through life. And then she had flu-like symptoms while she was on holiday and she was rushed to the ICU and the mystery illness still remains a mystery. So we're going to unpack it with Zoe. Welcome to the show, Zoe. It's good to have you on Sport Tracks. Thank you very much for having me. What a story. I mean, this, this, is, this is something that even whether you're on lockdown or not on lockdown, how did you come to terms with running from being in ICU? I know I'm going you know, to the end of the story, but it, I, I'd like to start at the end. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, kind of. It's kind of an ultra marathon that story on its own, I guess. Um, I was never really a runner, and uh, you, you encapsulated it very well. I came back from holiday with flu-like symptoms and ended up in a coma for ten days. And the doctors didn't think I was going to make it. And when they realised I might make it, then they predicted that I would probably have brain damage. And uh, I just looked at the doctor and I thought to myself, no, uh, that, I felt fine in my head. And uh, I just decided that, that that wasn't an option. Um, and yeah, you just take it one step at a time, you know. So. One, one foot in front of the <laughs> other foot. So exactly. you didn't like running, but you loved reading from what I gather. Uh, well, I've always loved to read. Um, I've always loved to read. And I, I mean, I was a bit of a nerd at school, I won't lie. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, exercise was never high on my priority list. But um, walking became something that I, I was required to do as part of my rehabilitation. Uh, the illness affected a nerve in my in my ear or in my on the left-hand side of my brain. And uh, that impacted on my balance quite badly. So the rehab process required for me to walk three kilometers or 30 minutes every day and eventually I just got bored with walking and I decided I was going to try and run my route which of course didn't go very well I sort of maybe made it to the third lamppost just outside my house and I thought I was going to die <laughs> I was sounds, so sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah. Yes, <laughs> but yeah I persevered and I guess that that's really what running is about for me anyway I'm not, not by any stretch of the imagination an elite athlete but running has become uh, a special, a special part of my life and um, never would have realized that right up front, I guess. So I, I, my initial goal was to be able to run my three-kilometer walking route. And once I did that, I decided to set my target for a five-kilometer. And then I joined the, the park run phenomenon, I guess you could call it. Mm-hmm. And from there, it just grew. Wow. Eventually, I joined a, a running club. Uh, I belong to the Irene Running Club in Centurion. And one goal sort of just 
led to the next and before I knew it I was signing up for a marathon although I, I won't lie when I when I was on on my way to get to that start line I did sort of wonder what the hell I was doing there uh my, my head sort of struggled a bit to understand that you know, I was actually going to run 42 kilometers and then the craziness of of signing up for oceans so Jeez. yeah <laughs> <laughs> but I love the part where you say the hardest part right is getting out of the door Absolutely. That's a mind, a mind shift. <laughs> totally. I guess, in a way, running has become something that's just part of what I do. But initially, you know, when you're not really a fitness freak, and I probably still wouldn't say that I am necessarily that, but, but running has just become part of, part of what I do. It's part of my day. And as I was saying to someone else the other day, it's, it's just a little bit of time in my day that I carve out for myself. You know, you can use that to, to think or to deal with stress or... It's a little bit of quiet time because life is so crazy, as you know. Mm-hmm. And when you, you know, you get so caught up in work and and all the stress around, it's just one place where you can go, and it's you know the road is a is a very good listener. So mm-hmm. so, but yeah, getting out the door is tough, especially when it's really really cold in the mornings or raining, as it has been the last while incessantly. <clears throat> but I, I guess it's the, the the bottom line there is you know one just has to make a start once you're out the door once you're going. It's easier from there. I mean, apart from the rain, we're also in the middle of a pandemic with races being cancelled. But that has not stopped you. No, look, I, I mean, it is tough. The the races, I miss the races. But I've never really run for that. Uh, oh. So I've run a lot on my own the last while, obviously, with the pandemic. Although lockdown level five was quite tough because we weren't allowed to run on the road, even as you know. So I did, did run a few times around the house and uh, was fortunate enough to have a treadmill, which I unfortunately had uh, it cracked. I was quite upset about that. <laughs> but I, d- I did run quite a few times around the house. For the, I'm sure my neighbors weren't too happy about that early in the morning. But yeah, it's, it's what you do, you know. Um, and yeah, I mean, I've just you just keep going. Uh, for me, consistency has been the key thing, uh, mm. regardless whether you're running or whatever you're doing, you know. So as I say, one step in front of the other and, and keep on being consistent. So at the moment, I'm just keeping my legs turning over and, you know, making sure that I stay fit. The races will come back one day in some shape or form, I'm sure. Oh, I love your pe- your, your optimism. You know, I'm a bit of a pessimist. I yo-yo between pessimism and optimism. So I love it that you're the, you know, half full kind of glass girl. <laughs> no. Absolutely. You know, when, when I looked at your book, the cover with the red stiletto, right? Now, rewind the start of lockdown, we have hardly ever worn heels, right? So how did you even come up with this title? Actually, uh, well, I'm, I, as, as you may have seen um, from the back of the cover, I'm, I'm a chartered accountant by profession, so I'm in the corporate environment, and uh, my heels were sort of my signature thing, you know, when mm. you try to fit into what you see. Uh, I guess it's a little bit symbolic um, because, you know, you need a bit of balance to, to walk in those heels. Um, and the most running I ever really did before I got ill was from one meeting to the next. Mm. And it, running has changed how I see things. You know, I, I, I'm not so so much that person that needs to fit into what I think a corporate person is anymore. And uh, I'm much more comfortable in my running shoes these days. Mm-hmm. So the the concept of the heel and the and the running shoe uh, is actually a bit of a funny story, but that that's my photograph. <laughs> um, so I, I did find myself lying on the road just outside our house, uh, trying to get that perfect shot. 
And uh, it just so happened that my running shoe matched that high heel that I had in my cupboard. So, yes, I do own a pair of red stilettos. (laughs) As most girls do. (laughs) Of course. You know, but this is not just a book for girls. It's also an inspiring story for anyone who wants to take up running, who's gone, uh, you know, maybe not as much as what you've gone through, but the inspiration throughout the book. I mean, the quote, I learned the hard way that failure could never be an option, quote, unquote, Zoe Skulls. Wow. <laughs> yeah, and that's something that, that I really, I meant that. Um, absolutely have learned that the hard way. And I'm my own worst enemy. Uh, I normally will, will decide to do something and then I second guess myself as soon as I've decided to do something. But uh, one of the things I've also recorded in, in the book that I, I put together was, you know, quitting. Quitting is never an option. It's far better to try and maybe fail. At least you learn something along the way. They're not to try at all. And failure is not, I have a fear of failure. So <laughs> I still need to work on that a little <laughs> bit. But uh, that's what running has given me. Uh, it's not about coming first for me. As I said, I'm not an elite athlete. But it's given me a space to get to know myself a bit better and to grow not just you know, health-wise, but as a person in, in your head. Running is, is probably 80 to 90% mental, especially when you start running long distances. So you, you're only ever going to fail if you set yourself unreasonable goals, I guess. And mm. it's, it's nice that because you can grow, you know, you can keep on setting a different milestone or a different distance or a different speed target. So it's a, it's a nice space for me to also explore what I'm capable of because I, I believe one never really knows unless you try. Mm. So, yes. Maha, so you said you, you have the fear of failure. I mean, you've also said in your book you can be scared later. So, yes. you, so you postpone <laughs> your fear. Postpone, delay it. <laughs> yeah, I, absolutely. Um, and and that, I remember I, I said that to myself. I, I, that was when I was wanting to get out of hospital. Uh, and I was quite scared what was going to happen when I got home. Because I'd started to doubt my own physical abilities. And um, yeah, it's, it is. You know, one, one does the, that fear can, I think, harm your ability to move forward in life. And that's something that I've had to overcome not once but many times. Mm. And as I say, I'm still figuring out how that works, although life does throw you different challenges, I guess, every now and then. But um, for sure, that, that, you know, if you've watched Gone with the Wind, now I'm probably showing my age, but uh, (laughs) tomorrow is always another day. Tomorrow is always, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And, and, you know, the thing for me is when you speak of your fear, lying in hospital with an with a mystery illness can put the fear even in, in the you know strongest of species yes I, I think the biggest challenge there was the unknown and the, the, the absolute no one really knew what what you know what had caused this thing uh, it, it, it had resulted in I still don't have an answer if it was encephalitis or meningitis which is an affliction of the of the brain um, so yeah it was it was very scary and and you know you in my head it was the previous day I was just fine okay, granted it was 10 days previous to that but you know you sort of lie there and you think how does this this can't happen to me because I, I suppose in, in some way shape or form we all think we're bulletproof and uh, it really underlined the fragility of life and how much we just need to seize the day and you know whatever it is that makes you happy it doesn't need to be running running was my I guess my comfort it became that for me it became a conduit for me but <clears throat> you know, one one needs to not focus on all the things that are wrong necessarily, and it's so easy to do that. 
the best way I can explain that is when you go to a race, there's always going to be someone faster than you, but typically there's also going to always be someone slower than you. So you can either look at it as I'm not fast enough or you just, you know, be the best that you can be based on your own ability. So, yeah, I, I, again, it's a learning curve, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, what can I say? We do give a damn here. And that's how we got to take a small break. On that note, we have our special guest, author Zoe Skoltz. Uh, she has a book out, Running in Heels, from the ICU to an ultramarathon. Let's go to the break and we'll be back shortly. Hashtag SFM Sport Tracks. At Sport Tracks, yes, me, Zaikan, in for John Herica, and we're chatting to Zoe Skulls. So what an inspiring story about uh, being in hospital, being in an intensive care unit, and then moving on to ultra marathon racing. Wow. Zoe, I think your story of bravery is, is definitely something that, you know, will inspire us, especially, you know, around a time like this where we're all feeling a little bit despondent, a little bit dejected. But there's a common theme throughout your book that no matter what, you know, you will always succeed if you put your mind to it, put your heart to it, put your soul to it, I suppose. Yeah, 100%. It's about setting those goals and, and maybe sometimes just breaking them down a little bit into smaller achievable chunks and then going for it. Is that how you started writing the book, in small achievable chunks? <laughs> well, sort of, actually. I, I, I've never really fancied myself as a writer, but my mom presented me with an opportunity by signing me up for a mentorship program. And I, I did do a few drafts that I threw away, which was very naughty of me. I wasn't actually supposed to do that. But uh, one weekend, I just decided, let me just sit down and do it. And I think it's probably quite easy to document a story that you know. It's not like coming up with a a fiction story. It's it's something that I lived. But it was quite cathartic, I guess. So, yes, uh, they do break it up for you. It's kind of like training for, for running as well. The easy part was actually the writing bit. Uh, I've had quite an adventure learning about social media and a website and all those good things. Uh, that was quite new for me being mm-hmm. an accountant. <laughs> but yeah, just getting the story down in, in some sort of sense, that, that, was, that was probably the first milestone, I suppose. So when you talk about your journey as well in writing the book, what are the first steps that you have had to overcome? And then when you're halfway, and then when you see the end, was there any amount of stress involved here? Yeah, of course, <laughs> especially because it's a story that's so close to my, my heart and, and that has impacted so many people that are close to me. It's quite, because obviously people that are involved in the story need to give their blessing for you to be able to explain what happened and so on. So so there's that. But it does force you to think back and reflect on what happened during that time, which was Something that I think, to a large degree, I put a lid on that box and kind of tucked it away and you sort of move on. Like, that's life. You know, you kind of carry on and things with time become better and you think you're fine. But but when you write a book like that, you really need to go and open up that box and examine it again. And some of the things that you thought were awful back then aren't actually so bad once time has passed by. But it was, it was definitely a healing process, putting it into words. Mm. And I know you do uh, refer yourself to a bit of a bean counter, which was your previous career. So <laughs> how, many, <laughs> how many coffee beans or coffee cups were consumed in the making of this book? N- numerous. <laughs> I, I, do not, I do not function well without my coffee. I won't lie. I'm a, an absolute coffee addict. <laughs> At least need two cups of coffee in the morning before I should be allowed out of the house. 
but yeah, there was a lot of a lot of early morning stress and late nights because obviously I had to fit that in amongst my my day job. <clears throat> but again, you know, you, you just set sort of a target <laughs> and make sure you get you get it done. A coffee so, target or the book target? Both. Well, well, both. <laughs> <laughs> and what was it like seeing your book on the shelves? I mean, that must be something. That was very, very special. I, I that was very special. I've, I mean, I, I loved one of my favorite things to do, especially when when one travels, is normally when I go to the bookstore just before I get on an airplane. I love the smell of a bookstore, so I'm normally quite often there, and uh, it's quite surreal to see your own name on a book that you wrote. Hmm sitting next to other people's books. I, I think, you know, seeing it in exclusive books is one thing, one of bargain books is another, but, but I, I received quite a few photographs from, you know, some of my readers. And, um, you know, seeing my book nestled next to Ryan Sand's book, for example, was quite quite mind-blowing. <laughs> <laughs> Probably the closest I'll ever get to running next to him. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. No, very special. Very, very special indeed. And, I mean, where can we buy a copy of your book? So... Most of the, the good bookstores, so exclusive books, bargain books, and, and um, there are a few others in um, some of the other provinces, but those details are all on my website, so uh, zoeschools.com. And lots of updates on my social media, so I have a Facebook page as well as an Instagram account. And, yeah, lots of reviews also available there for people who wanted to see what, it's, you know, what other readers have thought. <coughs> Thank you so much, Zoe. What an adventure it has been with you on the show. We have thoroughly enjoyed it. And I'm sure, you know, we're going to hear so much from you and keep track here on Sport Tracks. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. It was lovely chatting to you. Absolutely. You too. There we go. Zoe Skoltz, author of the book Running in Heels.